to the Hell of a Catholic podcast. This is Father Josh Allen, the chaplain here at Georgia Tech. This is Alex Carroll, focused missionary here as well. And this is Jared France, other focused missionary. Other focused missionary, which means we have more than one, which is exciting. <laughs> uh, Jared, tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself. How'd you get here? Have you come from somewhere else from focus? Uh, sure. So I was born and raised in southwest Louisiana, a little city right on the border of Texas called Lake Charles. Uh, I just graduated from Tulane University, New Orleans, with my master's degree in biomedical engineering. And, uh, and now here I am. There's no telling when this will actually be posted, but um, as we speak, Georgia Tech is scheduled to play Tulane mm. in football in it's true. It's all true. Uh, about two weeks. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Excited. Um, it's nice to... Do you feel conflicted? That's what yeah. I want to know. A little bit, yes. I'm not sure how I'm going to pull that off. I've considered maybe sewing two halves of a Georgia Tech and a Tulane shirt together, and maybe You'd probably only be half killed. Then that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that way I can at least stay a little bit alive. That's all I really want to do. Um, no, I'm excited. A lot of my friends are coming from Tulane, coming back. Oh, up. good. So yeah, I'll get good. to see them, that'll introduce them to y'all. So that'll be exciting. Did you let them know that if they want to come to the Catholic Center, they're going to have to wear Georgia Tech colors? I have not informed them of that yet, okay, but I'll try and pick up maybe a couple of the Otherwise, the I'm pretty extra. sure the burger's going to get spit on. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh my. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're very happy to welcome our Tulane brothers and sisters to the Catholic Center I'll anytime ask, they want to come. All I ask is that you tolerate them just, just for one afternoon. Just, <laughs> just deal with them for that long. I'll be happy. Well, we're very happy to have you. Uh, Jared is uh, in his first year as a focus missionary here at Georgia Tech. And uh, our topic today is um, evangelization on campus. Um, and my guess is by the time we're done, we could probably translate all of the thoughts we have about evangelization on campus probably to the wider community. Um, sure. But uh, what I'd actually like to start with is what is, I mean, because we're talking about evangelization, I have two focused missionaries here. Uh, but for a lot of you, you have no idea what a focused missionary is, um, uh, except that you know that Alex is one. And anybody that knows Alex would have no idea what a focused missionary is. <laughs> Probably not the best so, so, guys, why don't you tell me, tell me what FOCUS is? So FOCUS stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And we're a national organization of campus missionaries. Um, we're on about 114 college campuses in America. There's about... 400 plus missionaries at those campuses um and so focus's goal is to evangelize the college campus we do that in a number of ways um we go out on campus we try to meet new faces try to do some evangelization to strangers as much as we can but most of our evangelization work happens in small group bible studies as well as in like one-on-one -on -one mentorship which we call discipleship just to keep it simple um but it really comes about through investing in people forming personal relationships with them um showing them, you know, how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, bringing them to that, um, and then teaching them how to go out and evangelize themselves uh, through some formation that we do. So help me understand, when you say you are missionaries, yeah, um, I think that's probably one of those terms that when people hear, they think that, you know, you are off in some jungly area ministering to people who don't wear shirts, mm. uh, and... Well, actually, Which is kind of like not all that different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, um, but uh, but why why would you say that you're missionaries, mm. not just like employees? That's a good question. I think it boils down to to our work as missionaries is that we have a mission. Um, 
and our mission is to spread the gospel on the college campus. Uh, a lot of people go to foreign countries to be missionaries. That's well and good. If you listen to our actual missionary or missionary trip podcast, um, we talk a lot about that. Maybe you shouldn't listen to that one, actually. Um, <laughs> Curtis Martin, you should not listen to that one. Hi, boss. Uh, <laughs> and those are good, but what foreign missionaries that go and they preach the gospel to a certain group hoping to bring Christ to that area or helping to somehow help sustain that area or do some sort of Christ-like works of mercy there or something like that. Um, and we're really doing a very similar thing here on campus. We're, we're preaching the gospel, we're evangelizing to people who maybe have heard the gospel before, but maybe haven't encountered it in a personal way. Um, people who have heard the gospel and are now totally negative to it. Some people who honestly really haven't heard the gospel before, which is shocking being in the South, being in America. When you say they haven't heard the gospel, what do you mean by that? I think they have, I think they've, so a lot of people that I've encountered have like heard a version or sort of like a skewed version of the gospel. Or they kind of think they understand what Christianity uh, claims to believe, um, but many of them really don't. Um, but the, but they'll have some negative aversion to it, uh, regardless. But okay, so the I, I guess kind of what I'm trying to trying to get at sure. is um, one of you guys. I'd love to hear you talk about like do is it is it the kind of thing that our folks in parishes and folks that are out there all general Catholics like uh, I'm not forming my question well. Okay, here's okay. the question. You say you're missionaries on mm-hmm. campus. Yeah. This is a this is the United States. Mm-hmm. People here are Catholics. The church in Atlanta is growing. And yet we have missionaries at my request and support, by the way. <laughs> um, sometimes. Uh, well, some some my request and somewhat support. <laughs> uh, that uh, why would we have why would we say we need missionaries? Right, that's an interesting thing, right? Because we're saying that we need something that 200 years ago we said that places in like Africa or South America needed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So what's up with that? Uh, sure. So, again, like Alex kind of touched on earlier, uh, a big part of what we do is presenting the gospel in a more personal way. Um, and like Alex said, a number of college students you know, have heard the gospel before, but maybe didn't get home. Maybe it was delivered impersonally. It's just something that, you know, they, they grew up surrounded by. And so they, they take it for granted, maybe, um, to a degree, that was something that I've dealt with before. Um, but the personal relationship, this personal investment in the students, um, is something that focus really strives for and goes for. And, uh, through that relationship, um, through trying to, to teach by, just example by friendship, by living out everyday life with the students, by really sharing lives with them. Um, we hope to, I guess, just be able to deliver that gospel in just a way that they haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. All right, you're going to have to learn to be clearer. You're not going to make it here. Yeah, no, I, it's all right. It's, I, so here's the this thing. This was sprung on me I, I recently. Basically, I'm sorry. I'm the sorry. reason that we're on a college campus is because. As missionaries, as missionaries, thing that I'm interested in. Absolutely, it said that somewhere between seven and eight, so like seventy to eighty percent of students who come to college, practicing some sort of faith background, will leave college no longer practicing that. And so we can say that the maybe the wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's make sure everybody got that. Seventy to eighty percent. So somewhere between seventy Mm -hmm. and eighty percent of of people across all faiths, Catholics included, come to college and leave the church. 
70 to 80 percent of the ones that come Catholic leave. And this is yeah, just during those formative years of their college experience. And so maybe we can say that the Atlanta Archdiocese is growing, but I think we all know that the world church is sort of dying. I don't think that's a, it's a shocking claim to make that there less and less people are going to mass. Uh, fewer and fewer mm. people are becoming Catholic. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, the traditional places where the church has been active are decreasing. However, what about America? the church is growing tremendously in places like Africa okay. and in Asia and stuff like that. So actually our numbers mm-hmm. in terms of, if you're going to measure things by numbers, our numbers are growing. Really? Um, greatly. That's exciting. But we're shrinking in the West. Right. Right? In Western mm-hmm. civilization. Sure. So I, I actually think... Um, it's an interesting thing to consider that, and, and this has been said before. I mean, it's not like I'm the one coming up with this, but the United States has become mission territory. Yeah. We have become mission territory again. Um, I'm of the opinion that we need missionaries everywhere within the church, not just in college campuses. I mean, in parishes, mm-hmm. you know, we need missionaries there because the parish, you know, a lot of times parishes, gosh, it happens some places in Atlanta, but other places even worse, right? These parishes that have, uh, 5,000 families, which means 15,000 people yeah. on average, right? If you consider sure. a family, two one, people, one kid, yeah. two parents, and one kid, 15,000 people, and like two priests. <laughs> so like, okay, that's fine. You take that 7,500, I'll take this 7,500, <laughs> right? It's like, what are you supposed yeah. to do? Absolutely. Um, trying to, so the idea that like people have not encountered the gospel, mm-hmm. some of that's just because the they haven't met anybody that can share it with them. Yeah. And that's what really excited me about Focus in the first place to actually become a missionary was it's not just being a college missionary and like you're just affecting college students. Um, students that go to American colleges not only go around the globe, but if we can reach them and and bring them back to the church while they're in college, they're going to make they make a lot of important decisions in their college years, like who they're going to marry, what job they're going to take. Uh, the decisions are going to affect them for the rest of their life, including their morality. Um, and so if they can like encounter the gospel in a real way on the college campus, then they can go to those parishes and they can actually live like their authentic Catholic lives in those parishes instead of just being, you know, cafeteria Catholics like they've been before. Yeah. And somebody um, who learns to practice their faith, love their faith well in college, those are the leaders of the church. Yeah, absolutely. They're the yeah. leaders of the church when they leave and they'll never leave the church. And what's really interesting. If you make it through college, you're, you're in. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. But what's really exciting is being at Georgia Tech is that we have such kind of a high caliber student. We have students who are going off and doing incredible things and incredible leadership job positions um, that we can really start transforming society in a real way if we can reach them with the gospel. Um, because they're going to go off and they're going to start living their faith in their jobs. Um, they start making important you know, societal decisions in their jobs based on their Catholic faith, which is what makes me very excited about being here. So thanks for having me, I guess. So we're going to talk about like evangelization on campus. Like, how is it that we go about sharing the gospel with people on campus? I think that first question: um, How do we go about sharing the gospel? I, I do think we have to be a little more specific or a little more clear. Like, I think people have a hard time hearing that this person needs to hear the gospel, <laughs> right? So, well, wait a minute, this person. I mean, a lot of the people that you guys are dealing with are people who have basically gone to Mass most of their whole life. They might not be like weekly, every single week kind of Catholics, but I mean, they've certainly heard the gospel. They've, you know, maybe had their first communion, maybe confirmed, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's like, when you say somebody needs to hear the gospel, what are you talking about? 
I think they just need to encounter it in an authentic way. Um, and I think they also need to encounter people who are living out the gospel in an authentic way. Because I think most of those people, most of those cradle Catholics have gone through Mass and have looked around themselves and have not really seen anyone being changed by what's going on at Mass. Like they just continue to live out their normal lives like nothing just happened to them. Um, they're not making changes to their lives. They're not trying to mend their lives. They're not trying to repent. They're not trying to get away from their sin. Uh, they see, you know, their parents and their uncles and their grandparents going to Mass and, you know, not changing. It's still going on Monday through Saturday living whatever lifestyle they're living. So I think to hear the gospel is, yeah, to hear the gospel in a way that is relevant to them and in a way that they understand that they fit into the gospel is important, but also to see other people living out the gospel in a real way, I think you could define as bringing the gospel to someone. You know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, that kind of community, seeing people in mass and this, that, and the other. I actually just read something on uh, on Facebook, which probably means it's not true. Probably. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, we'll talk about it. And it's, uh, it's something that Pope Benedict... Uh, said, and I, I remember, I vaguely remember seeing this when it came out. Um, but Benedict talking about Judas and Judas betraying Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and he was talking about it in the context, I think, of the Bread of Life discourse, which is the first time after Jesus calls himself the Bread of Life. This is the first time in the Gospels we see any mention of Judas resolving to betray Christ. Okay, yeah. Right. So. Pope Benedict, I mean, the long and short of it, he obviously speaks in brilliant and beautiful ways. Sometimes uh, but the long and short of it is, <laughs> he says, um, what Judas should have done was leave. Judas didn't believe. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe in the whole thing. And so if he was being honest, if he had followed his conscience, I guess, um, if he had been honest about the whole thing, he would have stopped following Christ and gone off to do something else. And in that sort of case, because that honesty was there, Jesus could have done something with it. Yeah. But what he did was continue to fake it. Yeah. And he stayed there, and eventually he ended up resolving, how can I betray the master, not how can I serve him? Mm -hmm. And so I, I say that because I do think it's interesting, the problem that students have as they're growing up, um, I find that. Uh, high school students especially, they have, if they get involved in their faith, they get involved in the youth program or even if they go to Catholic school, anything like that, teenagers tend to have an idealism in them. You know, and if they see someone who believes in an idea and is committed to that idea, they tend to look up to that person almost no matter what the idea is. Sure. Uh, And I think a fairly universal experience is the experience of young people looking and seeing older Christians, Catholic Christians, sitting in the pews, listening each week to somebody talking about what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, if that's even going on from the pulpit, yeah. and seeing them unchanged. Yeah. You know, this inconsistency. I remember when I was in Paris before I got here, one of the biggest kind of disappointments that I heard from high school students was seeing the kind of hypocrisy of, you know, we say we believe in this and that, but mm-hmm. I, I see my parents or their friends doing this other thing. Yeah, sure. And it's like, it almost kind of crushes them. And some of growing up is just dealing with the fact that the world doesn't work the way we think it's going to. Mm-hmm. So some of that growing up has to happen. But I mean, I do think that's a real challenge for people because, but they get to college, and if their entire experience with the faith 
has been, I feel like I'm surrounded by hypocrites. Yeah. You know, and let me tell you what really makes a hypocrite in the church. A hypocrite in the church is not someone who says, do not do X and do Y, even though you're doing it yourself. Right? That actually is not a hypocrite. The hypocrite is someone who tells their child, don't do this. Now, the parent is doing it. The the part that makes them a hypocrite is that they're not confessing it. You know, people understand, everybody understands somebody who's struggling with a sin and going to confession. Kids who see their parents go to confession do not have the hypocrisy problem. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Yeah. Because they're like, well, this is kind of the way it works, you know? Yeah. Everybody's trying. Yeah. Nobody's doing that good a job, but gosh, they stand in line and they go and they, <laughs> yeah. you know, they make the confession. Well, so, and the yeah. so that's the thing. Like, we get this product that comes to us. I remember just recently seeing a post by somebody talking about one of the uh, administrators, one of the admissions people at the University of Georgia. I do apologize oh. for bringing that up on this podcast, oh. but the University of Georgia. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, and parents complaining about, I mean, UGA is. You know, every other year or so, it makes it into the top five or so party schools in the country. And uh, uh, parents kind of lament that. They're like, why don't why don't the administrators do anything about it? And there's admittedly, there are things they could do. If they wanted to, they could do some things about it. But here's what this administrator said. And people got kind of worked up about it. But the fact is, it's true. He says, well, here's the thing. We get the kids that you send us. Dang. Oof. We get the kids that you send us. If the kids are wild and crazy and stupid and unbelieving and pagan, it's because you sent them to us this way. You know? I mean, that's an amazing thing to think about. That is an amazing thing to think about. Um, Okay, so given that, though, let me ask you this. How do you guys go about, how does focus um, go about kind of spreading this gospel like how do you present the gospel to someone how do you how do you take a step forward assuming you got someone who's willing to talk to you in yeah. the first place yeah i would say the first step is right. one meeting someone yeah, exactly so you got to meet them so we meet people through we have the catholic center a lot we come to all the catholic center events we're blessed enough to have an incredible catholic center here at georgia tech um and so it makes our jobs i would say a little bit easier in that we have this great community kind of surrounding us a lot of focus missionaries don't have that which is tough um, but we do go out and meet new people, right? So we're on campus a lot of the days just trying to make new acquaintances. I play a lot of basketball at the rec center. I'm involved in intramurals. Uh, we're kind of out on campus during the common hour during the week trying to catch people for lunch, catch people for coffee, making that first acquaintance, right? So once we do find someone who is willing to talk to us, I think it's all about um, it's all about being real. It's all about taking like a legitimate interest in another person because um, that's very attractive to other people because very rarely are people on the college campus like ever like actually like truly encounter it as like human beings like generally it's just someone trying to like pass out a flyer get him to join some club just some professor preaching whatever weird stuff this professor is teaching or some advisor trying to just get the best grades out of you but rarely are they ever like sat down and be like hey i care about you and i want to know about your life what's going on in it and so we like, tend to be seen as like uh, like an amalgamation of what group we belong to yeah yeah right so you are a catholic so i'm going to mm-hmm. look at you as in that group or yep, you sure. are an industrial engineer. And so I'm sure. going to look at you in that category. You are a member of the Ramblin' Rec Club. Or, sure. Are you in a you fraternity know, or whatever? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. 
And so very, very rarely are people actually like, seen for like their true selves. They just kind of wear like these sort of masks around campus. And so I just love to sit down with guys, especially guys who are in fraternities, who which I wasn't involved in when I was in college, but now I'm doing a lot of fraternity outreach, and I think it's awesome. Um, sitting down with these guys who are sort of a part of this this culture that a lot of times has this very negative connotation and for good reason. Um, and just like seeing like who they are as real people, because very rarely do they get to be like real people with other people. Um, and so just investing in them, like showing that I care about them, sharing my life with them, them sharing their life with me, hanging out a lot. And once that relationship is developed, once there's that trust there, then like we start talking about more deep and like personal faith things. And we start talking about sharing the gospel. Being all the while I've been talking to this guy, I've been sharing the gospel with him and that I'm, I'm acting in, with him in a Christian manner, like I'm showing him what it means to be a real man, not sort of this like fake fraternity man that we have like walking around. Um, but but once we have that level of trust, then we can start actually talking about the gospel, talking about what's your faith background like. Have you gone to church? Like, have you actually prayed before? Like, have you ever been to mass? I know you grew up Catholic. Have you gone to mass recently? Have you been to confession? But I think it's all about developing trust with students and like legitimately investing in them. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think one of the hardest things to do when you're talking to someone, especially if they suspect that you have an agenda, mm-hmm. uh, is to have enough interest and to kind of persevere through that enough for them to realize that you're really just interested in them. Yeah. That's you know, hard. That's so hard. That you're yeah. not you're not just trying to kind of, you know, every everybody's had that experience mm-hmm. where you have somebody that comes in and they sit down with you and they ask you some questions, you know, to kind of establish yeah. that they're... Yeah. That they are interested in you. I just mm-hmm. made air quotes. You know, you can't see that on the podcast, right? But that they're interested in you, and you sit there and you're listening to them, and you know they're not interested in you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, can it's we just worst. cut through it's the, the junk? Worst. Yeah. Just tell me, pitch whatever you're going to pitch. I'll tell you no, and then we can just move on. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but stop wasting my time. Especially when we walk up to someone's like, hi, I'm a Catholic missionary. Can I have lunch with you? And they're yeah. like, oh, great. Oh, like, here we go. It's literally like the first 20 minutes of that conversation is them just kind of looking around at the watch. It's kind of like, how am I going to get out of this? One but word then, answers. Like, yeah. But then whenever they realize, oh, you just want to have actually. Have and that's just fun. when he asks to have lunch with me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm a Catholic missionary. Can I have lunch? But it's true, though. Like, even if you are a practicing Catholic your entire life, maybe you love the Catholic Church, you are living out your Catholic faith, you are ready to share with others. Even then, if I like to kind of put myself in that category, maybe not fully, but even then when someone comes to me and asks me to talk about Jesus, I'm kind of like, ooh, like, I don't even know who you are. This is kind of weird. Like, this is a personal thing we're talking about. Like, you're crossing some lines here. And so we, as focused missionaries, we rarely will go out and just stand on a corner and just, like, kind of like yell the gospel at people like you see like these hate preachers like come. a great idea it's, it's a terrible idea it, it will you will drive so many people away from the church by doing that you see these hate preachers who come on campus and like they'll stand in like the free speech circle and they'll just like this like crowd just somehow for whatever reason gathers around and they start like yelling at people like calling them sinners yeah, for and, like, those of you who haven't been on a college campus oh in gosh. a long time almost every public college campus and private ones too mm-hmm. they have this zone on campus it's called like the free speech zone yeah. and people can basically call the dean of students office and you reserve the free speech zone mm-hmm. and like basically any group of hateful idiots in yeah. the world yeah can come and stand in this zone and yell and scream. I remember last semester, the beginning of the semester, some, not last semester, last year, mm-hmm. beginning of fall semester, we got an email from the dean of students, um, Dean Ray, uh, telling us, just warning us that there was going to be this group on campus that uh, in the past 
had really hurt a lot of people and had really been in their face, especially about homosexuality. Yeah. That they were like these, that they were, you know, anybody who's homosexual is going to hell and that, you know, you have to, you know, to convert or else Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they, they kind of warned us about them. Like, you know, let your students know, let all this kind of stuff. If you want to be out there to maybe talk to other people, that would be great. Um, but I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. It's crazy. It is crazy. And never does a student walk away from that feeling like, oh, I think I want to join a Christian church. Yeah. Like, oh, that was just a delightful experience. (laughs) I just saw Christ in that person. Sign me up for that one. So we, we don't do that because it just doesn't work. Like you can't share the gospel. Like you can share the gospel through example and through the way you interact with people and the way you live your life. But rarely can you share the gospel to someone like through words without like having the relationship with them first. I don't see that happening very well, at least. At least in a very like effective manner. So that's what our job is. We 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 meet with students. We invest in them. We spend time with them. Like we care about their lives. We try and serve them as much as we can. And then like we we bring them closer into the church. We bring them closer into their faith. Like we, we help them kind of walk through like that faith journey that anyone who sort of had a conversion or reconversion kind of goes through. Like those first like really shaky steps of like oh, how do I pray? Like I don't really want to go to mass, but I'll get, like we kind of hold their hand through that time, like walking together towards Christ, and then. Once they start running, once they start really getting their stride, we start teaching them, how do you do this with your friends? How do you start evangelizing to your peers? How do you start living your life in a way that, you know, is spreading the gospel? Um, And then the hope is that they would go out and show, like, two or more students the same thing through this discipleship we're going through. Um, And so they're they're doing the same thing with those two students, trying to help bring about that conversion, trying to help them walk through their spiritual life. And then once they start to kind of get their stride going, they start teaching them how to start teaching other students. And then we start having this ripple effect. Um, and so it's really quite exciting to watch the program kind of exponentially grow. Um, we've had a lot of success here at Tech, and we're looking to have a lot more. I'm really, really excited about this year. Yeah, I mean, you may not know, but we had uh, right now we've, we're at uh, 25% more folks signed up uh, to participate in Focus this year than we had last year. Yeah, just so first that, two weeks that's of really class. That's great, yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously you can tell like Alex has been doing this for a year. Jared is sitting here very quiet. <laughs> I've been here for about two weeks. He's been so, here about two weeks. Uh, <laughs> kind of Poor still guy. figuring out what's so going on So let me ask you here. this though. Okay, so I think you can probably tap into something that a lot of people, I mean, I remember I've read this before. It's hard for me because I hear the word all the time, but one of the scariest words for people to hear in the Catholic church is evangelization. Sure. So my guess is you can probably tap into that. <laughs> how do you bit, feel yeah. about how do you feel about kind of getting in the middle of it? Yeah. Um, first off, I was terrified. I worked with Focus last year uh, while I was a student, and evangelization and Catholicism just growing up did not go together. Uh, and it's like what Alex said earlier: just someone random approaching you that you have no idea who they are, and then saying, "Hey, let's talk about you know your faith and your spirituality." And all these things are just really deep and close to your heart and that normally aren't touched on in everyday conversation. Um, It can be a little off-putting at first uh, and just you kind of want to shy away from it almost instinctively. Um, But the way I've heard it described, if you have something that's just bringing you so much joy and love and life why would you want to keep that to yourself? Why wouldn't you want to to go out and spread that to as many people as you could, this thing that has changed you just so completely? Um, and it's just approaching it in a charitable way that people can relate to. Again, not, not hate speech, not shouting, you need to stop doing these things or you're going to go to hell because people don't respond to that, but doing it in a loving manner, just sharing that life that 
those everyday experiences show being a witness not just yeah. a teacher showing people what it's like to live an authentic christian life it's so funny because we went out on campus on tuesday tuesday's the day we go out on campus for about an hour and a half it's a common hour a lot of students are just kind of hanging out so it's easy to kind of meet new folks and we're going out with the intention to meet new people and sort of evangelize to them and so we split up the girls go with their group trying to talk to girls jared and i we pair up we're going out to talk to guys and jared's like I'm pretty scared. Like, yep. I, was like, I, was like, Jared, I was like, like Jared, how you feel? We're gonna go evangelize. He's like, um, I'm a little nervous. It's like, okay. But but it worked out good. I was like, okay, I'll take the lead. Like, don't worry about it. And so what did we did? We sat down with three ordinary guys, like individually. We met some guy in the coffee line, talked to him for a second. Met some guy in the coffee shop who was sitting down, talked to him for a second. And then we sat down with this guy named Christian for like a half hour. And we just had three normal conversations with three normal people. We told him we were Catholic missionaries. We talked to Christian about how he grew up Methodist, how his mom's a Baptist youth minister. Like. It was great conversations yeah. that we have with students. And, like, afterward, I was like, Jared, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel pretty great. I feel pretty yeah. good. Like, and it's so <laughs> Dan Taylor, who was a missionary last year, described this to me whenever I was feeling this exact same anxiety. He said, evangelization is a lot like throwing up. It feels pretty <laughs> bad beforehand, but it feels a lot better afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. Kind of true. Shout out to Dan. Hope you're doing Dan well Taylor. up in New York. Yeah. Dan Taylor. Uh, he's been transferred up to, where is he? Columbia? Columbia, New York City. Columbia, New York. That's awesome. All right. Well, I want to say a couple things about the Focus folks that I'm going to ask them not to say anything about. Sure. um, Just to (laughs) remove themselves from any sort of awkwardness. But um, uh, to give you a little insight into the dedication of the Focus missionaries, we have four here at Georgia Tech. Most campuses have four. A few of them have a little more than that. Mm -hmm. Some of them have a few less, but the ideal is four. Um, ours are here, Alex Carroll and Jared France and Stephanie Shipley and Deidre Merrill. Um, and all of them are fantastic. Uh, you got to understand, Focus Missionaries, um, they decide to serve the church in this capacity. They do make money. It's a job, but they have to raise their own salary. You know, They go to folks back at home in their home parishes or people that they meet along the way. And they ask them to support them in their mission. And people sign up to, you know, give them 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month or something like that. Um, Focus costs uh, Georgia Tech some money, too. We pay, we pay uh, uh, a decent amount of money to have them here. But they don't get that. That's really kind of paying their benefits and paying for the, for the larger organization that Focus does. So when you think about Focus missionaries, I'm going to ask you to pray for all four of our missionaries Please. and then all of the ones throughout the uh, United States it's a pretty incredible thing for people who have graduated from college. I mean, they ha- they actually have the possibility of doing something with their life uh, that would make the money, except for Alex, he has a degree in education, it. but he would be very happy. It was coming. He'd be very happy to do what he wants to do. But uh, they actually have the, pos- the possibility of doing something like in their life that the world would say is worthwhile. And because of this, it's a real call from God. They've decided to set out on this life where nothing is guaranteed for them. Um, except except what God puts in front of them. So we're very grateful to have them here. And the witness that they provide by that way of life is, I think, probably the most important aspect of their success. Uh, so we thank uh, the Focus missionaries. And if you have any questions uh, or comments, uh, please email, at, uh, email us at podcast at gtcatholic.org. And thanks for tuning in to the Hell Up Catholic Podcast. God bless you.